Genesis 28, verse 16 to 22. The Bible says that then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Can I have a little bit of sound in my monitor? I can't hear it myself. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put, his put at his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on it. And called the name of the place Bethel. But the name of that city had been loose previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I shall surely give a tenth to you. Here ends the reading of his holy word. The power of a vow at Shiloh. Hallelujah. Now, Jacob had been a bad boy. Jacob had... tricked his elder brother and taking the blessing that belonged to his brother away from him. And the brother vowed that he is not going to rest until Jacob dies. So Jacob was a man on the run. Jacob was running away from his brother and um, he got to this place and he recognized that the place that he was lying was a place that was Shiloh. I pray that this, uh, this morning or this afternoon, you recognize where you are. Because sometimes we come to a place of Shiloh and don't recognize that we are in the place, the house of God. He slept at that place and he dreamt that there, there was a stairwell that went from the ground to heaven and angels were ascending and descending. And when he arose, he realized and recognized that this is surely the house of God. And so, he took the stone that he had placed under his head to sleep and he poured oil on it and declared that this place is the house of God. Then he made a vow. Hallelujah. He made a vow to say that Lord, if you will be with me so that this danger that I'm in will pass over. That this place that you are taking me that I don't know. You know, in modern day, they say that um, Jacob was on his journey on foot from Israel, where present Israel is Tel Aviv, if you like. And he was on his way from Tel Aviv to Iraq. Now, if you know where Israel is, and if you know where Iraq is, it is not a walking distance. It's a long journey. 
And not only is it a long journey, it is filled with wild animals. They are dangerous on the road. They are lions, they are jackals, they are highwaymen, they are thieves, they are robbers. They are evil things on the way. And he was going and he he knew that he needed God. He knew that even though he was a smart guy, he could have smart his brother, he could have smart his, his father. Where he was going, that, that smartness will not work. How many know that where you are going this year, your smartness will not work? Uh, your cleverness will not work. The strength you think you have will not work. You need something more than strength. You need something more than trickery. You need something more than what you have. Hallelujah. What you need is God. I said, what you need is God. So he made a vow. He said, Lord, if you will be with me this year, in this year that people are dying, COVID has come. What was the first train that came? The South African train, the first one, what is it called? No. Alpha. Alpha came. After Alpha, Beta came. Then they say Omicron. Then they say Delta variant. Then after Delta, they say Omicron. Who knows what is going to come after this? Who knows that whether in, 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 in March, in February, another virus is going to come or another variation of the virus is going to come, which is even more deadly than what has come before. We don't know. Like Jacob, we don't know what is lacking in at the corner. So today we are here to make a vow. Like Jacob, if you be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on. Next verse. So that I come back to my father's house in peace. Then you, God, shall be my God. Hallelujah. And the stone which I have set as a pillar, I shall surely build a house of God here. And all that you, of all that you give me, I shall surely pay a tenth. Hallelujah. He made this vow. I want you to remember this vow. But I want to give you the definition of a vow. The definition of a vow is a solemn promise. A vow is a solemn promise. That is made by a man to God. It's a solemn promise that is made by a man to God. It's a vow to say that if God will do something, then I will also do something. Amen. A vow is one of the ancient laws of prosperity. One of the ancient laws of prosperity, a vow is, 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 is like um, a credit card. How many know what a credit card is? When you have a credit card, you don't have money. But a credit card has the power to give you what you need now as against payment for tomorrow. I don't think you understood what I said. A credit card is, say for instance, you want a uh, You've gotten a job in, uh, give me a country. 
you've gotten a job in Paris. And that job pays a mere dream salary. But as we stand here now, you don't have the money to buy an air ticket from here to Paris to go and start the job, which will give you the money. And if you don't get there by Monday, you will lose that opportunity. And there is no money. There is nothing. If you say you are going to walk from now to get to Paris, I am not sure you will make it for the job. How many understand what I'm saying? You won't make it. But if somebody came and gave you a credit card, that credit card will ensure that you get to your job on Monday in Paris. And not only that, it will ensure that you have a hotel reservation. Are you getting it? It will ensure that what you need today, you will have it. A vow is a secret that most modern day Christians don't know. Modern day Christians don't realize that some of the prayers we are praying, if only we could make a vow, we will get that thing. Because a vow just gives you what you need today as against payment for tomorrow. So here's Jacob. Jacob says that, Lord, if you be with me today and provide for me today, give me insurance today, and as I'm going to my uncle's house, you take me there and bring me back in prosperity. Then, somebody say then. Then all that you give me, I shall surely pay a tenth back to you. Amen. So he, he engaged God's credit card for his need today as against a future date payment. Hallelujah. A lot of us have needs. How many needs are represented here? Oh, only two people have need. If, you have, if there's only two, then I'll preach another message. Uh, maybe I, was, I, I came to the wrong church, so I'll try another church. You see, through the vow, you bring a future into now. In the future, you will have money, but now you're broke. So you can bring wealth now. Amen. A vow authorizes God to go into the future by way of credit and bring what you need now. Amen. It's a, a vow is made as a promising offer of something to God if God will intervene. May God intervene in your situation. I say may God intervene in your situation. This year may God intervene in everything you do. Hallelujah. As we make a vow to God today, may God come through for you. I say, may God come through for you. A vow is also made when you are in danger. When you are in danger or you are in trouble, the quickest way to get out of trouble is through a vow. Somebody say, I will make my vow. In, fair, in Jonah chapter 1, Jonah chapter 1, Jonah, I'm just preaching for 15, 20 minutes and then we'll make a vow. Hallelujah. Jonah chapter 1, verse 15. 
Now Jonah has been disobedient. You see, bad boys and bad girls, they know how to get things from God. One of these days, I will preach a message about the bad boys and girls of God. How many want to be one of the bad boys and girls of God? Listen, everybody that got blessed in the Bible was a bad boy or bad girl. The good boys and the good girls, they didn't get much. Lawrence, you didn't hear what I said. The good girls and the bad bad boys, good boys, they didn't get much. It's the bad boys and bad girls. They were the ones. I mean, look at Abraham. He was a pimp. Look at Jacob. He was a trickster. He was a con artist. Look at David. David was... Look at Rachel, Rahab, the harlot. She was on the job. Look at Solomon. One of these, I'll preach the bad boys and girls of God. Look at good boys like Joseph. They didn't get their match. If you go into Hebrews 11 and you look at the names, all the names there are bad boys and bad girls. Not one good boy or good girl. Because bad boys know how to get good things from God. Because they are very smart. Jonah was a prophet, but he was a bad boy. God told him that go to Nineveh and prophesy against that city. What did Jonah do? Jonah said, no. I won't go. He got into a uh, he got into a, f- a boat and then went f- to a far country, the opposite of where God had sent him. And when he got into the boat, the boat started. The the winds came at the boat, and there was so much commotion going on in the boat, and the people asked God, "What is happening?" And before God could answer, Jonah said, it's me. See, the good thing about bad boys and girls is that they are very, very, they they are real. They know when they need God. They know when it is, is, they are at fault. Saul was a good boy. But Saul doesn't know how to react. When God says that, Saul, you have done a bad thing. Because good boys do bad things. And bad boys do good things. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. So, so he, he said, he said that, he said, it is me. It is me. So, he said that it is me. I'm the cause of this. If you take me and put me in the water. And he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Bad boys, they are very real. They know. Good boys don't know. When, when God turns his hand against them, they don't even know. 
Bible says the prodigal son, when he came to himself, he realized that, hey, something is not right. I need to do something about what is going on. Hallelujah. Next, he said to them, next one quickly, verse 13. Therefore, the, nevertheless, the men rode hard. They tried. They're good boys. They want to roll. But they could not. For the sea continued to grow tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried to the Lord. They prayed. Please let us not perish. Because of this man. Do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done this. That as it please you. Next verse. So they picked him and threw him into the sea. And the sea ceased from raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered sacrifices to the Lord and took vows. Alright? So note that the men took vows. Is that okay? Chapter 2 verse 1. Jonah chapter 2 verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. He said, I cried out to you Lord because of my afflictions. Now who caused them? Who brought the afflictions? I said who brought the afflictions on? Bad boys are very very clever. They know when there is trouble. Even when they have caused their trouble, they say, Lord, because of my afflictions. He answered me out of the belly of the fish. I cried out and you heard my voice. Quickly, because we are going to the end. And he cast me, he cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea. And the flood surround, surrounded me. All the billows and your waves passed over me. And he said, I have been cast out of sight. Yet I will look again towards you, your holy temple. He's saying that I'm going to create a Shiloh inside the belly of the fish. You see, you can create a Shiloh wherever you are. It doesn't have to wait till the first, uh, last Sunday of any month uh, of the uh, January to create Shiloh. Wherever you are, you can create your own Shiloh. In the belly of the fish, he created his Shiloh. Say, Lord, in the deep the deep clothes around me, which are wrapped around my head. I went down to the mountains of the mountains and the death, the earth will, with its bars closed, the, the, the shark's teeth is the bars of the earth, closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought me up my life from the pit, oh Lord my God. When my soul faints within me, I remember the Lord. And my prayer went up to you, into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake. Now he's giving God raps. Go on quickly. But I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. In the belly of the fish, the guy decides to make a vow to the Lord that 
Salvation is of you. And if I make a vow to you, it's, I cannot pay. I don't have the money to pay to get out of the fish's belly. But I can take the credit card of the Lord. That will give me a pass out of the belly of the fish. And I'll pay that vow later. Hallelujah. So the Lord spoke to the fish. And the fish vomited Jonah into the dry land. Oh, I think you missed a good place to put your hands together. The, the fish did not vomit Jonah into the sea. Remember, if there is a big fish, big fishes don't go to beaches. Big fishes stay in the deep. When a big fish goes into the beach, it risks its life. Because it cannot come back. When any big fish goes into the shore, the probability of it being able to come back is zero to slim. And yet, and yet, the fish volunteered its life for the sake of Jonah. For the sake of the vow that Jonah had made. Because Jonah had made a vow, God could not help. The fish could not help. But take him, give him a, a, a red carpet landing. And you see, the amazing thing is that he didn't take Jonah to Tashish. Where Jonah wanted to go. He didn't take Jonah to Mauritania. Where Jonah would have needed an onward journey. He didn't take Jonah to anywhere but where Jonah needed to be. And dropped him majestically. And on the landing beach of the shores of Nineveh. Hallelujah. Oh, you are missing good places to put your hands together. Vomited him to dry land. Why? Because Jonah made a vow in the belly of the fish. I pray that in your deepest, darkest hour, you remember to make God a vow. Some of us, life hasn't gone right. Things haven't gone well. We have struggled with some things. Things are not working right about now. I am trying to tell you that this is Shiloh. And when you come to Shiloh, make sure that you don't miss the opportunity to make a vow to the Lord. Hallelujah. For that vow will take you out of where you are to where you ought to be. It will remove you from the valley of the fish and take you right to the shore. Hallelujah. Am I preaching to the right church? I don't think so. Because it looks like you are going to sleep on me. Amen. Because God never forgets. I say God never forgets. Genesis 31. Genesis 31 verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord spoke in a dream to Jacob, the bad boy. Saying, here I am. Read on. And he said, lift up your eyes now and see all the rams. All the rams which leap on the flocks are streaked and speckled. Gray spotted. For I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel. Remember Bethel? 
Remember we just talked about Bethel. I am the God of what? Bethel. You remember when you were in trouble? When you were running away from your brother? When you made a vow that if you be with me and protect me and take me to where I'm going and bring me back prosperous, then the Lord God will be my God. And everything you give me, I will give you a tenth. Remember that story. He says, I am that God. I am the God you spoke to. Where you anointed, I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar. And where you made a vow to me. Now, between the day he made the vow in Genesis 28 to Genesis 31 is 21 years. 21 years into his journey, God had not forgotten. I said 21 years into his journey, God had not forgotten. You will make a prayer in this place and 21 years on, God will not forget. You made a vow 21 years ago. Now arise, get out of this place and return to your land. The background to this story is that Laban was a senior trickster and Jacob thought he was a trickster he came and negotiated with a senior trickster my father says a joker cannot joke a joker when you have a joker and you think you've got jokes and you want to joke a joker it's not possible the, the, the bad boy Jacob thought that he was a joker. He's come to work seven years to get the beautiful girl. So oh, work, no problem. Work for the seven years. I'll give you the beautiful girl. In the night, he has changed. Instead of Rachel, he switched and gave Leah. And that foolish boy also went and slept with the girl. Woke up in the morning. Say, what is this that you have done to me? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, oh, oh. Was it, was it Rachel you wanted? Oh, oh, sorry. You know, in the law of the Greeks and the Mesopotamians where I live, we don't marry the second child first. The first has to go before the second. So you should have said it. Because if you had told me, I would have... Oh, but I told you, we had the negotiation. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, oh, sorry. 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 A a anyway, listen, I can do this deal with you. Work another seven more years. And I will give you this girl you are looking for. And you see, the girl was working and he wasn't being paid right. All these years he had been cheated. It's been 21 years. The first seven years he worked, it was free. The second seven years is when he negotiated for, he thought he was negotiating for Rachel and it turned out to be Leah. Now that seven more years has come, it is now 21 years. And he gets, finally gets his Rachel, but he's still broke. Sometimes you can get your dream, but you're still broke. Your dream job has come, but you are still in debt. Your dream girl has come, but you are still in debt. Your dream has come to pass, but there is still a pressing need somewhere. 
Something is not right. Something is not working. And, and, and so, and, and so, Let's go on. Where are we? So, Jacob is broke. Then the Lord God, remember his vow, if you be with me. The word to be with me is that if you become omnipresent, if you are going to be forever present in my life. This year, you want to pray that Lord be omnipresent in my life. I said this year, be omnipresent. When God is omnipresent, it means that he talks to you in a in day-to-day situation. So in the day, God tells him that, go to this, your joker uncle and make another negotiation with him. Tell him that, don't give me food as wages anymore. From today, I want you to pay me in speckled and spotted sheep. And Laban said, wait, I'm coming. So Laban went on a tour to look at all the rams and all the sheep to see what color they are. And he saw white and he saw black and he saw brown. He didn't see a lot of black and white brown and white, gray and white. He didn't see a lot. He saw about two or three. So he said, no, this is a good deal. This is a solid deal. Because it's, it's a win-lose for you. So he goes and said, oh, I have thought about it. I think you are onto something right here. I am going to agree to this deal. Can we shake on it? Say, yes, let's shake on it. Okay. From today, speckled and spotted belongs to you. The white, the brown, the gray, the black is mine. All the plain ones are mine. Divine presence also means divine wisdom. So God gives him wisdom that, listen, draw speckled and spotted things and make it plain where the sheep come to drink water, where they come to feed. When they see the speckled and spotted curtains around, backdrops around, they will start producing speckled and spotted sheep and cows for you. Listen, sometimes can I, can I be honest with you? Sometimes it is not hard work that gives money. In fact, 90% of the time, hard work doesn't give money. Statistics says that if you're an employee, you'll never be rich. Did I shock you then? Nobody has earned a salary and become rich. You didn't know that. Some of us, we say, oh no, you have two jobs, three jobs. Every day you are going, every day you are going, every day you are going. Oh God, I'll be rich one day. Oh God, I'll be, you will never be rich, trust me. What you need is a key. I say what you need is a key. When God gives you a key, the key is your, your secret to your breakthrough. And here, God gives Jacob a secret. Make the vision. Write the vision. Make it plain. So that they that see it will be able to run with it. 
even the sheep, even the cows, even the goats, even the deer, when they see, they'll be able to run with it. Hallelujah. It is only God that gives wisdom. So in James chapter 1 verse 5, the Bible says that if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of the Lord who gives to all men. He doesn't separate. He gives to all men. Liberally and abrates not. Hallelujah. So he gives God a vow in 28. 21 years later, God gives him a key. He paints black and white. And now the sheep starts to give birth. Black and white. Black and white. Brown and white. Gray and white. Black and white. Brown and white. Gray and white. Laban takes on and looks. And says, mm. I've been duped. Now the joke is on the joker. I have been duped. I have been duped. Because now there are more speckled and spotted cows than plain. Now the worker has more money than the owner of the work. And God says, remember, I am the God of Bethel. Where you made the vow that I will be with you. I should take you. I should give you security. I should be, give you wisdom so that you go and come back with plenty. So, he returns to his father's house, his land, and whilst he was crossing the Jordan, he stopped and remembered and said, I crossed this Jordan with only a piece of stick in my hand. Now look at me. I have become a company. Look at me. I am now wealthy. How did he become wealthy? How did he outwit his scheming uncle? Senior schemer. He made a vow. I say he made a vow. And that vow is what kept him on top. Hallelujah. Do you want another one? Now, Israel in Numbers chapter 21 are in trouble. Numbers 21. They are in trouble. The king of Arad, the Canaanites, who dwelt in the south, heard that Israel was coming on the road to Atharam. Atharam. And he he fought against Israel and took them prisoner, prisoners. And Israel made what? Israel made a vow. So a group of people can make a vow. Pastor, you can make a vow today with your church. If you will indeed deliver us, these people, into the hand, into my hand, and I'll utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord listened to the vow they made. Remember the vow is a credit card that gets you out of trouble. And the Lord listened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites. 
And they utterly destroyed them and their cities. So the name of that place was called Homer. Hallelujah. A vow gets you out of trouble. A vow will make a, 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 a king that is about to kill you be defeated. I'm sure we all know uh, Samuel chapter 1, First Samuel chapter 1. Hannah made a vow. When her rival, Penina, became very, uh, always flaunting the children, her children, to, 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 to provoke Hannah. Hannah made a vow, O Lord of hosts, if you indeed look on the afflictions of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but you will give your maidservant a male child, then, somebody say then, I will give him back to you, to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened, as she continued praying, that Eli watched, her mouth was moving, but not, no sound came out. And Eli thought that she was a drunken woman. And, then, and Hannah said, no, no, I'm not drunk. Out of my pain, have I made a vow to the Lord? And Eli said that, go, my daughter, and may it be unto you as Go in peace and may the God of Israel grant your petition so that, that you have asked. And the Bible says that on the next Shiloh meeting, when Elkanah got ready to go and asked Hannah, come and pass, let's go, let's go. And Hannah said, no, for I made a vow. The vow was that if God will give me a man child, I will give the child back to God. So Elkanah said, do as it please. It pleases. Seem best for you. Wait until the child is weaned and then bring the child to Shiloh. The thing about a vow is that when you make a vow, pay the vow. I said, when you make a vow, pay the vow. When you take a credit card, make sure you pay the credit card. Because if you don't pay a credit, the credit card, you become somebody that is not credit worthy. Oh, you've gone quiet. Some of us have made some, some vows that we never paid. We took credit and we never paid the, the, the credit. We took credit from God and we never made, paid it. Deuteronomy 20, 23, one, uh, 21 to 23, quickly. When you make a vow to your, the Lord your God, you shall not delay to pay it, for God will not, will surely require it out of you. It will be a sin to you if you don't pay the vow. But if you abstain from vowing, it shall not be a sin. That which has gone from your lips shall you keep and perform, for you voluntarily vow to the Lord what you have promised with your mouth. Amen. So please, when you make a vow, make sure that you pay. Amen. Oh, I said when you make a vow, we'll do what? Make sure you pay any vow. God never forgets a vow you make. God will always come back and ask for his vow. 
Hallelujah. There's a guy who made a vow and never paid. He, he did something. He killed his brother, Absalom. How many remember Absalom? And his father sent him on exile. And in exile, Absalom made a vow that, Oh Lord, if you will allow my father to re- me to be reconciled with my father, and my father will bring me back. Then I will also do some. Second Samuel 15, verse 7. This is the last one we're going. Now it came to pass, verse 7. After 40 years, that Absalom said to the king, Please let me go to Hebron and pay the vow which I made. He's made a vow. God has restored him. He's come to his father. And his father is like happy with him again. Then he goes to his father to say to his father, I am going back to Hebron where I made a vow. So I'm going to pay my vow. So his father said, go. For your servant took a vow while I dwelt in Geshur in Syria, which saying, if the Lord indeed brings me back to Jerusalem, then I will serve the Lord. Remember, then... And the king said, go in peace. And he arose and he went to Hebron. You know what Absalom went to do? He went to start a gorilla camp to train people to come and fight his father instead of going to pay his vow. And the rest is history. He died hanging because he did not pay his vow. Bible says that God has not got he doesn't take pleasure in fools. He describes a fool as someone who makes a vow and does not pay. So this afternoon as we get ready to make our own vows. How many need to make some vows? You, 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 you need God to come through for you in certain places. This is Bethel. This is Shiloh. The presence of God is here. You can make your vow here. You see, once every year in this church, we have the opportunity to come and make our vows. Psalm 50 verse 14. Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Psalm 66 13 to 14 says that I will go into your house with burnt offering. I will pay my vows with my lips which my lips have uttered and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. Amen. The psalmist knew that when you are in trouble, you make a vow, God gets you out. So for some of us, we have come to pay our vow that we make to God last year. For some of us, we are coming to make a vow. Amen. Everybody is not the same. I don't want you to look at anybody. I want you to just... Close your eyes right now. Bow your heads down wherever you are sat. And I want you to pray. I don't know what vow you need to make. Some of us are looking for jobs. Some of us are in the crossroads of life. We don't know what to do next. We may have finished school. We don't have a job yet. We don't know whether we are going or coming. We need to make a vow. For God to clarify things, for God to make things clear.
clear for us, for God to come in. Some of us, like Jacob, we have gone, astray, we have gone into a bad place because of our naughtiness. And we are in a place where we need God. Except God comes through for us, things will not work. We are, lying, we are just walking around aimlessly. We are just trying to do something with our, our lives. And then somehow we chance upon this place. And surely the, the God has put a stairwell in this place. That angels are, descend, are ascending and descending as we speak, as we are praying. So be a smart person like Jacob. Pour oil on this stone and make a vow. 